Hello and welcome back to Inside the Yale Admissions Office. My name is Mark and I'm a Yale Admissions Officer. And I'm Hannah. I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer. And today's episode is going to be all about choices that we regularly see students make in their applications. Yes, we are going to talk about all kinds of choices. Um, and your goal, obviously, is to make good choices in the application process. These pieces aren't going to fit sort of neatly into one part of the application. We'll talk a little bit about essays and recommendation choices and all the things that you just might feel like as an applicant. Applicant, uh, are choices that you're trying to decide, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Like we talked about in our essay series, um, these things are not necessarily going to be make or break. We are 100% positive mm. that every poor choice that we discuss uh, has been made by a student who's eventually been admitted. Yes, I've absolutely advocated for students in the committee room when they've made every single one yeah. of the choices that will sort of identify as maybe a, a less wise choice. Right. Here. In spite of this choice, we advocate for these students. Please don't try to incorporate everything we talk about as kind of a good choice today into your application. That also is, uh, you know, not going to come off well. This isn't about being prescriptive. Right. Our goal here is to do our best to show, not tell. And we're also going to try to explain why some choices tend to resonate with admissions officers and others don't. Um, yeah. We know that students can kind of wrap themselves up with some anxiety, wondering like, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Mm -hmm. What are they going to think? And so we're going to try to identify some of those key topics and, and give you a sense of how we tend to respond to them. Let's get into it. Okay, so we are going to set this up as a little bit of a, of a game. Um, we are going to do this kind of like that boggle list exercise that we did back when we were talking about essays and a little bit like our Mythbusters uh, mini-series that we've started as well. So here's the idea. I have made a list of choices. Right. And I'm going to pitch them um, to Hannah and to our special guest, John. Hello. Hi, John. Good to be back. Surprise. John's been here the whole time. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have not seen this list. Neither so yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're excited to hear what Mark has come up with. So for each choice on this list, John and Hannah are going to talk about whether this is a wise choice or an unwise choice. We played around with a couple different framings for this. Um, right. So uh, rejected ideas for this episode in terms of theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, one idea was like sort of like Project Runway and Heidi Klum. You're in or you're out. Alfie Dezine. Yes. And that lovely... <laughs> oh, you nailed it. That oh, was yeah. so good. I've watched a lot of that show, let me tell you. I have too. I'm a big fan. It's a good show. Yeah. But that we thought that was too mean. You know, sure. it's, it's not a matter of being in or out. Yeah. Similarly, uh, you know, we talked about swipe left, swipe right. We thought that could resonate with, uh, you know, some people. But again, uh, you know, it's a little too dismissive. That's that's not the tone we're going for yeah. here. I will say, as I was thinking about this episode, the framework that I had in mind was one of my favorite memes, mm -hmm. which is of uh, Drake from one of my all-time favorite music videos, the Hotline Bling video. Oh, yeah. right? You can picture this. He's in the puppy coat. And like one side of the meme, he's like, no. Right. And another, he's like, mm, mm. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes, the Drake meme. Yes, I've, yes. I've kind of been thinking about it in that way, but Don actually had a good idea for this. Yeah, um, I spend a lot of time on Reddit, as some of you may also. And we like the idea of kind of upvoting and downvoting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, if enough people upvote, it doesn't really matter if you downvote because the, the, the groundswelling is for an upvote. True. Um, and, and so it's not a definitive yes or no. It's kind of, you know, do you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down? All right, let's do that. Let's do it. All right. And let's say before we get started, we're going to use a little gimmick here. But remember, 
admissions officers, we love reading applications. It's oh, yes. a privilege to read absolutely everything that you put into an application. Um, as I mentioned, all of us have advocated for, voted for candidates who've made every single choice that's on this list. Yeah, we just want to sort of provide some clarity. Um, you know, you could wrap yourself up in wondering, should I do this? Will they like that? And we just want to give you some answers. Okay, so here's my list of choices. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay, here's the big <laughs> reveal. All right, number one on my list, a choice that an applicant might make okay. would be to use the additional information section to include a long resume listing every science Olympiad or debate team competition they have participated in and their various awards or recognitions from them. If you have been a listener of this podcast, hopefully this won't come as a surprise, but I'm going to have to downvote this choice. I'm going to have to downvote with a little little asterisk that we can kind of explore later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Hannah, why downvote? Okay, so we give you space on the application to tell us the things that we want to hear of you, um, right? So we give you a place to list your extracurricular activities, to list your honors and awards. That space is limited, and it's limited for a good reason. Um, you know, more is not always better in these cases. We just want to see, you know, what has been the most important to you. And listing a resume in the additional information is often redundant, and it often doesn't give us more information that's actually helpful to us. I agree. I think when you fill out pieces of an application, um, there's meant to be a reflective process involved as well, yeah. not just a brain dump. Um, and mm -hmm. aside from not wanting to read lots of extraneous information, we're really keenly interested in, in what you've reflected on as important yeah. and how you convey that. Right. Totally. Yeah. Now, right. my one little asterisk is mm -hmm. if there's kind of an acronym or some detail that you couldn't fit into the description box <laughs> yeah. that for some reason we would not understand, you know, that additional information space can be helpful to kind of provide some clarity. Uh, next on my list, here's a choice. Getting an extra letter of recommendation from a research advisor who's worked with you in a STEM research setting. Ooh, thumbs up. Yeah, I'm going to upload that, <laughs> definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure. Those letters can be helpful. This is um, this may be confusing because I know that we say that we do not um, you know, recommend extra letters of recommendation, but we do give this caveat that something from a research mentor can be the exception to that rule and can actually be really helpful in providing context to any outside research that you've done. Right. And the, the kind of descriptors that a research mentor might have of you, um, that those provide new information um, yeah. that other pieces of the application don't. So as is the guidance with any kind of piece of information that you're submitting optionally, uh, make sure that it's something novel. So similarly, another choice, including an extra letter of recommendation from a third or fourth academic teacher. Downvote down for vote. me. Down yeah. Vote. Again, like we have thought really hard about the required materials in your application and we require two letters of recommendation from an academic teacher. If we wanted more, we would ask you for more. Right. And while a, a research advisor or mentor is providing a perspective that already isn't already represented in your application, a third or even a fourth teacher is, is kind of just redundant because yeah. we already have recommendations from two teachers. Yeah. Keep it to two. Keep it simple. Uh, you know, more is not always better. Yep. Okay. Confidently incorporating cultural references or allusions to literature in their writing. Yes. Upvote for me. I'd say upvote. Um, it, you know, it, it's a little bit of a creative risk, but I think it's one that often pays off. Um, because if you're choosing to make that reference, it, it's something that you're, you're especially interested in. I would maybe just add the tiniest little caveat in that mm -hmm. make sure it's not a cultural reference um, that is so obscure that, that it would be difficult to uncover what that is. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so sometimes I will find myself, if I'm reading an essay that has some obscure reference that I've never heard of, sometimes I'll Google it. And I'll be like, what is this kid talking about? And that's like totally fine. What I actually don't love is when students make a reference and then like, add a little parenthetical or a little asterisk where they like explain it. And right. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I don't need that. You don't need to hold my hand through this. I can figure it out myself. Right. Right. I mean, we incorporate a lot of cultural references on our podcast. Sure. Um, I think it can be a great way to sort of make a connection with the person who's reading your application. Yeah. And, and I, you know, find that there's all kinds of references that can work, right? Like I like references to Taylor Swift and Beyonce, <laughs> yeah. but also Confucius and the Buddha. So if it's right. something that speaks to you and you feel like, you know, as I'm talking about, this, this sort of larger work of literature, this larger cultural reference is something that makes sense to me. It can actually be a great way, I think, to sort of loop in your your application reader and be like, if you want to understand this, here's a way that you can think about it with this with this reference. Right. Yeah. And it's such a great way to show, not tell. You know, yeah. if, if let's say you love reading literature, you can make a reference um, and that can be a way through which you convey to us that you love reading. Yeah. And by the way, I had such a fun experience in a committee this year where an applicant had written an essay about a novel. I won't name it, but it happens to be one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And other people in the committee room hadn't read it and they've they've now like picked it up and it's oh, on cool. their reading list. Okay. Uh, similarly, um, a student who chooses to incorporate humor into their writing. Upvote, as long as you're funny. Yeah, I'd say upvote, but then sometimes downvote. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, again, this is one of those things where it's like, if you're a funny person and this comes naturally to you, go for it. And I think um, there's different kinds of humor that you can incorporate into your application. Um, Mm -hmm. Knowing that you have really no sense of exactly who's reading your application or who in your committee might be reviewing it. Yeah. um, Don't go for that edgy, dark humor that could be offensive, I (laughs) would say. Um, You know, sometimes we see that, and that's, for me, an ultimate downvote, because sometimes those jokes need a lot more context to land, Mm -hmm. um, and you just don't necessarily have that space in an application. True. That's a good point. True, yeah. 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 I love a good pun, though. Oh, yeah. We see a lot of of puns. Here's a choice sometimes students make, and I imagine sometimes they agonize over it. Um, Writing to update when you realize you've made a minor typo in some part of your application. Oh, downvote. Save us all some, save yourself some Mm -hmm. time. I mean, we are not, you know, keeping score of the typos in your application. I hope you've proofread your application and, you know, taken another look at it, but uh, you know, typos happen and you do not need to send us an updated essay if you suddenly discover one. Okay. Similarly, uh, here's a choice students make. Updating uh, your application a few months later with a new award or recognition or big news about a project that you've been involved with that's uh, occurred since you submitted your application. Yeah, I would say upvote if it's along the lines of something that you would have reflected on and chosen to originally include in your application Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on your list of extracurriculars or honors or awards. Um, But if the new development is something that you wouldn't have even initially included on your application, then downvote because it just feels like a lot of wasted effort. Uh, Here's another choice. Uh, Using space in your application to humble brag. Oh. Ooh. Uh, this is tough. I'm going to say downvote, but I'm going to say I think sometimes students um, don't know that they're humble bragging mm-hmm. and it comes across as kind of braggy. Um, so I think it's good to put your best foot forward. Um, and I think it's good to share your successes with us and where we're excited to receive them in the, mm-hmm. in the application and admissions process. But if you're intentionally doing it in a way that is kind of braggy or showy, that ends up being downvote for me because it feels 
less reflective and more just declarative. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I tend to want to give students sort of as much leeway as possible when it mm. comes to this kind of thing, because we ask you to put your best foot forward in the application. Yeah. So then we can't turn around and ding you for, you know, being um, proud of your achievements and, and bragging about them. That's kind of what you have to do. So yeah, I guess it just sort of depends on like how it comes across. If it comes across as totally inauthentic, then yeah, it would be a downvote. But you know, we also want to give you space to like be proud of what you've done. Yeah, I think yeah. your point, John, about it being reflective is kind of the real difference maker, mm-hmm. right? If the only reflection that you're giving kind of why you're bragging about something is kind of trying to make it humble bragging, which is like, oh my gosh, I was so surprised and I never would have thought... It's like this. a Taylor Swift acceptance speech, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like that Who, doesn't... Me? Me? <laughs> that doesn't qualify as reflection. Right. That's just like trying to color the like declaration sure. of the bragging, right? Yeah. So actually reflecting and sort of giving us some insight into who that person is that achieved that thing and then went on from it, that's different than just sort of trying to shade it in a way that seems humble while your point is really just to say, I did this thing and it's very impressive. Yeah. And I guess the point that I was trying to make is like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to Mm -hmm. add false humility because we want you to, again, put your best foot forward in the application. All right. Let's talk about a few more writing choices. Hmm. Writing one or more of your responses as a poem. Oh, I knew this was coming. Ooh. Downvote. I'm sorry. Uh, I want to hear your downvote. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to reflect back on something we started the podcast with. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um... I get why students do this. And sometimes students are accomplished poets Mm -hmm. and really good creative writers and they want to show that off. However, I feel like whenever I see this, it feels like a missed opportunity. It Mm. feels like you are putting so much energy into like the structure of the response that you're missing out on the opportunity for the genuine reflection that we look for in these pieces. Mm -hmm. I would very much agree with that. The one caveat that I would offer is we started this podcast kind of acknowledging that we're 100% positive that every, quote, poor choice that mm-hmm. we're talking about yeah. has been made and even advocated for in committee. Yeah. This is a great example. Right. And this yeah. is a great example in that, you know, I find that more often than not, the poem format does feel like a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while for that student, it it, it can work. Um, I've, I've rarely seen it work well in a, in a longer essay, but for some of the shorter pieces, yeah. um, there have definitely some, I feel like we get a lot of like why Yale poems, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Ode, yeah. Odes to Yale, which, yeah. you know, it's, if that's how you want to show off your like creativity, you know, I, I'm all for like taking that kind of risk. Um, but I will just say, I, I do sometimes say, oh, I wish you had just like written this as prose so that I can really understand what you're getting at here. And I think a big takeaway is, um, choosing to write in poem format, um, should not be your ticket to standing out. Right. I think Mm. sometimes students will choose to write a poem because they think, oh, this is what's going to grab Hannah or Mark's attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, When really you should just write naturally. We've talked about how novelty alone is not the thing that makes a student stand out. And this is actually a choice that's maybe not as novel as you might think. Yeah, that's true. We said, I know you, I knew this was coming because we've seen it. We've seen it a lot. Yeah. And plenty of those students are now Yale students. So again, this isn't a make or break thing, but just saying it, it makes it a little harder for us. Okay, similar writing choice. Really intentionally upping the drama in your essay responses. Yeah, I'm going to downvote that one um, just because... 
I don't think it's necessary. And I think it can actually get in the way of your sort of honest reflection on um, something that's happened to you or something that you've been through if you're just trying to sort of drum up the drama. And you really don't need to. You, we don't need to be sort of on the edge of our seats while we're mm-hmm. reading your essay. Yeah. And, I, you know, we all recognize that um, students have gone through some really difficult moments mm-hmm. um, and some hardships. Um, but the the kind of phrase that sticks out for me in recent committee discussions is unnecessarily fraught. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes we'll, we'll we'll share that because um, it's not that we're digging the student, but we're trying to kind of wade through all this added drama to really understand what the student is saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes there is so much additional drama that it's tough to really understand what we're reading about. Right. So you don't ever want, you know, the the desire for kind of literary drama in your writing <laughs> to cloud the fact that you actually do have a very important story to share. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. That's a good point. And I find the best essays incorporate sort of heart and head together mm-hmm. in a nice balance. If it's right. just kind of all heart and all emotion and we never get to the sort of thoughtful reflection on it, mm. we may have given us a very dramatic, interesting story that like might make for a compelling memoir at some point, but <laughs> right. you maybe haven't used the space as effectively as you could have. Right. And you're the most dramatic quote unquote thing that's ever happened to you is not necessarily the best topic for your college application yes, essay. Also. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the drama is simply in the telling of the story. Right. And it becomes a super interesting story like, whoa, this thing happened to you. Yeah. But sometimes all 650 words are just telling that dramatic story. Right. And then that's over. Right. <laughs> and it was like, oh, cool story. But I don't know anything about the person yeah. involved in that story. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, another writing choice, um, geeking out, I like to say this, geeking mm. out with lots of details about something. Oh, uh, I'm going to upvote this. Uh, if, you, if you're if you a regular listen to, listener of this podcast, you know we like to geek out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that this can really display, um, you know, a deep interest, intellectual interest or passion for the subject. Kind of related to the, the adding additional drama piece, um, I often find that the the excitement that with which students write about things they want to geek out on is palpable. Yeah. And even if I'm not also interested in Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. or, or Python, yeah. you know, I can still get a sense of that excitement. But you also want it to be a reflective piece of writing. Sure. So it's not just a brain dump of your geekiness. You know, you kind of still want to couch all of that wonderful geeky material with the, with the sense of structure. Yeah, bring it back to you always. Right. Yeah. Okay, here's another choice that we see somewhat regularly, mm-hmm. including a link to a personal website or a video with your application. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to downvote that. Oh, I was going to up with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Discuss. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so... Here's how I sort of feel about this. Often this is a link to a personal website that you've put together and maybe you've put some time into it and that's fine. But I'll go back to what I've said before, which is we give you the space on the application Mm. to tell us what we want to hear on the application. Um, And often what I see on your personal website is going to be redundant because you're already going to have told us about it in your extracurricular list or in an essay. Um, And also, I'll just say that there is no guarantee that your admissions officer will click that link. Right. You should know that. So, you know, anything that's super important, please just put it in your application. Sometimes we click those links. Sometimes we want to dig a little deeper, but um, it's it's not a guarantee that we will. Yeah. I'm glad you explained that because I think my upvote kind of came from the place that I think sometimes students do have these kind of unique qualities or involvements or skills that it's like you kind of have to see it to believe it. And so Mm. like a a cool YouTube video or something represented on a website can be great. 
I think what we want to avoid is the idea that compiling all of your accomplishments and awards into a website specifically so that you can upload that URL mm -hmm. into an application. Yeah. That's really not what we're, what we're talking about. You do about. not need to do that. Exactly. We're not going to be impressed if your website looks like super polished or anything mm -hmm. like that. I mean, there are, yeah. Um, I, I just don't usually find that this adds for me. Yeah. I find in the rare instances where it is helpful, it's always a kind of digital artifact yeah. of something that's been produced or something else. Yeah. Right. So sure. I already, you're sort of arriving in your senior year. You already have something that's been produced for some reason. And you say, Oh, I'll kick this in. Mm -hmm. That is different than, as you were saying, spending your energy and time and resources yeah. putting together something that's completely separate from the application yes. and sort of, it's kind of like, like wishing for more wishes. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get to add more than just what's in the application. This can't contain me. Right. I'm gonna right. spend all this other energy on this digital space, and then they're gonna go there and spend all the time, you know, getting these extra pieces as well. Yeah. That's right. not how it works. Mm -hmm. Right. Less is more. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some other parts of the application. Um, using something like the additional information section to explain why you couldn't enroll in all of the courses that you wanted to take particularly your junior or your senior year? Yeah, um, I'd upvote that. I think that's a reasonable use of the uh, additional information section, unlike sort of the resumes that we were talking about before. Right, and and with that, um, I'll, I'll give it a small upvote mm -hmm. in that I think it is a good use of that section, but we also do see, I think, a lot of students kind of take it a little too far. Um, so let's say you're a diehard engineer mm -hmm. and a legitimate scheduling conflict meant that you couldn't take your calculus class for some reason, mm -hmm. right? That would be a cool thing to kind of share with us just because that's a question we may have. Um, you know, explaining why you couldn't take geometry in this particular period your first year. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you could take it in a different period it is not necessarily sure. consequential in any way. Okay, similarly, uh, using that additional information section to explain the context around a major life event or challenge that you faced. Yeah, I I think this is a, a strong upvote for strong me upvote, yep. because this these that can be very important to students and what we don't necessarily want is for you to um, feel like you need to waste valuable space in your essays mm -hmm. writing about this stuff if it's not something that you would have chosen to write about in your essays. So in that case, using the additional information to get that stuff out there uh, can be a good choice. Right, and not every student is going to need to use that space mm -hmm. um, to add further clarification to certain contextual pieces of their lives. Sure. But it is a great space to use it if you need it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll mention that space is can actually be a nice break from sort of the essay style. It can be helpful just to say, you might be wondering about X, Y, or Z. Here's the deal. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you do not need to make that section an additional essay, for sure. A great example of that is Hannah and I read a lot of international applications. Mm -hmm. And sometimes students move around a lot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so it can be kind of difficult to connect the dots of kind of where they've gone to school and where they've lived. Mm. And so some students will use that space to just very cut and dry say, hey, here's a timeline of where I've lived and where I've gone to school. Yeah, that's helpful. I think what I liked is that, you know, some of these things were pretty clear cut. Others were kind of murkier. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that people hearing this, you know, can sort of take a step back, take a deep breath and, and you know, don't wrap yourself up in a pretzel agonizing about these choices. Sure. Right? Yeah. My advice here, the very wise Yogi Berra. Mm -hmm. When you come to a fork in the road, take, take it. it. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. For sure. Um, again, like the stakes for these choices are not as high as you might think, but navigating them sort of with this information in hand in the most wise way possible can help you put your best foot forward in the application. Yeah. We also know that some choices are more about making you 
feel good and comfortable as an applicant uh, more than actually moving the needle for us. And that's fine, right? And so once you've made your choice, move on with your life. You know, your hope <laughs> is that you've got that application together, you click submit and you go on, uh, you know, enjoying your senior year uh, of high school. Um, we hope you can embrace the fact that most of our selection process at this point is out of your control. We're going to read your application and do our thing and you're going to go on enjoying your life as a high school senior. Exactly. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, always a pleasure. Yeah, we'll have to have you back soon. Please do. Thanks to our friend and colleague, Jill, who's both our sound engineer and a great admissions officer. Thanks to Reed for lending us his office. Thanks to former admissions officer, Andrew Brick Johnson, who composes our music. You should check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com. If you have comments or an idea for a future episode, drop us a line at yaleadmissionspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are ours and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University. Thanks for listening. <laughs>